0: Listen to her from her I'm listening to her own.
1: from here on, I'm listening hair round, there wrong, I'm listening, hair round, from here around, I'm listening, hair round, birds of a fight.
0: And thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast I'm your host, Corey Robertson Alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G
1: What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing?
0: And we've returned for episode 276 Welcome back, everybody What's going on? Yes, sir, yes, sir So what you been getting into this weekend?
1: Uh, I was able to catch um, a movie I wanted to see for ages Fucking uh, Flashpoint with Donnie Yen oh, this okay. old Hong Kong action movie I was movie.
0: about to say, that's old Yeah,
1: yeah, from 2007 That shit was actually pretty dope like, Yeah I'd been hearing about it because the, the 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 fight and the stunts were good, and it's one of the first like Hong Kong movies that really heavily incorporated like MMA fighting into it instead of like traditional Long Hong shorts. Kong fighting. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, you know
0: that was one of the first movies that I was I was able to like when I was introduced to the idea of Hong Kong action as opposed to just like an action movie from Western con- yeah. uh, countries, and yeah, it's very emblematic.
1: It's real. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that shit was dope. Shit so was dope, son. It was, yo. Know, uh, uh, this one part in the movie that I thought was the craziest that stood out to me was when um, at the end of the chase scene, the dude took the little girl and held her upside down yeah. and was like, "Yo, if you don't throw away your gun, I'ma smash your head open." And after he threw away the gun, this nigga literally chucked the little girl like thirty feet. I was like, nah. "No," I was like, "There's <laughs> no way he's gonna do that." But hey. Hey man, like even bro, little evil, girls can be stuntmen in Hong Kong, bro. The evil Fuck guys it.
0: in those movies are evil, bro, what? They don't
1: play. I was like, There's not, I'm, "All right, as soon as as soon as he throws away the gun, he's just gonna ditch the girl and run." Nope, my man, Chunk hurled her dude. like thirty feet. Look, now you gotta go save her. Mm-hmm. right yeah i was like man, that shit was crazy Yeah,
0: the covers escape somehow
1: right that's, that's, that, the trick works every time man to throw, throw the damsel off the roof trick
0: yep <laughs> it does though I mean, it really it does
1: it's very effective against a, a lot of a lot of people But that shit was fun man i li- i liked the uh, I like Donnie Yann's like, nah, 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 fuck that. it ain't my job to worry about whether or not I caught the right person. Nah, that was never <laughs> the goal, bro. I just, I I just caught catch this him. person. That's it.
0: I catch this person. You that's feel
1: it. Me? I'm gonna beat their ass and I'm gonna throw them in jail. What you do with that them after that, that's, that's Very police you and mentality. Filming. Me? That's that shit was gangster, man.
0: Yeah, it's a and it's just a really good action movie. There's not it really it's, is. it's not a huge amount of depth to the movie. I'm not gonna you know what I mean? Like it's just a good representation of his genre, in my opinion. Hell yeah! Like, like, I, I'd give it a solid seven, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: Like the the, the last fight was lasted for so fucking long, man. Yeah, it, it was that that last combat between D- Donnie Yen and uh, uh, what is it, Colin Cho, who played Tony? Mm-hmm. Like th- that fight lasted for like I don't know, probably like at least it feels like it was at least like ten minutes. Yeah. Was yeah? It was like super dynamic. They were fighting downstairs. They were. They went upstairs. They fucking body slammed each other back down onto the <laughs> back, first floor. Yeah. <laughs> filming, then they did the switch up and started fighting all over again, bro. That shit was uh, that shit was good. I fucks with it, and it's nice that you actually get to see the action. I mean, there, there's quick cuts, but it's not over. over
0: 2007 was a, was before the uh, the uh, the the era of like the yeah. like look. It, it was Jason like Bourne started cut that. In milliseconds.
1: Yeah, Jason Bourne was the one that started doing that. Bourne yeah. was the one that was doing the shaky cam and the quick cuts and once that once they popularized that, it was like every action movie around that era pretty much emulated that style for a yeah, while. Yeah,
0: you know, I could deal with shaky cam, quick cuts is too much, man. Yeah, it's definitely. the back and forth. Yeah, dude, it's jarring.
1: <laughs> I remember seeing a this one it may have been Carter Crew that I was watching, but they were showing the difference between um, two different action movies. Mm. Uh, it, it was showing a, a it was a, actually a little featurette on um, everything, everywhere, all at once, mm. and they were showing like how they did the Hong Kong style of action, where it's like wide yeah. and you get to see all the ac- all all you get to see the 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 actors doing the action, and they did another, juxtaposed it with another movie starring Zoe Saldana. And it was like, all right, this is like a three, this is, it, it was about five seconds and there was like 13 cuts in those five seconds mm-hmm. of like each action. They're constantly flipping the camera around and shit. I think it's because
0: the Hong Kong cinema, a lot of times you get the the action star will perform the the stunts. So you're capable of making those shots. Yeah. Whereas in Western cinema, you get stunt doubles a lot and so you kind of want obscure you know what i mean because it's difficult to get um body accurate stunt doubles mm-hmm. and so yeah i can imagine it was a it was very much a byproduct of how the cinematography was developed yeah and, and, was developed. in
1: hong kong like stunt actors regularly get hurt doing stunts in hong mm-hmm. kong a lot of time like you take the hit knowing like okay you're probably going to get knocked out for this hit but it's going to look fucking dope on camera
0: and it, yeah it's a way different culture like people are allowed to take responsibility for their life whereas in in American cinema, it's like all insurance based. Like, yeah. nah, be you're not fucking with that Pretty insurance. Much. Nah, chill. Yeah, I Pretty mean, too much. Like, uh, isn't the it safety Tom Cruise standards has to are fight to do his, stu- his, um, his stunts, you
1: know? No, no, it's not that he had to fight to do it. It's that when he was doing Mission Impossible 2, 3, one of those Mission Impossibles, he wanted mm-hmm. to do a stunt and they said that, um, you know, he, he couldn't do it and he didn't do it. So after that, he bought the production company and got the rights to, to film. Yeah. That, that so itself, he, he didn't no one fight, but he no. had
0: to make moves towards d- being yeah. able to do his own stunts on a regular basis.
1: Mm-hmm. In order um, to be able to do that dangerous shit, yeah, absolutely, you need to own the company. I wonder how
0: Jack. Well, Jackie Chan didn't he? He owned most of the production that he did, right? Uh yeah, and but he you sold know, it to a Jackie studio. Chan
1: also came from the Hong Kong school mm-hmm. of, of stunt doubles, where you get hurt. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? <laughs> but to be able to
0: produce as much as he did in the West, yeah, he had to. He must have been able to to do most of the production and sell it to the studio because the studio ain't fucking with that. Nah, be. That's yeah. too much insurance liability. You yeah, he probably does
1: use his own, his own team for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because he did, man. I saw like uh, what he was doing, uh, some of his regiment for the Foreigner. When he um, shot that movie, and man, mm-hmm. dude, at his age, I'm impressed. Yeah. Solidly impressed. Like, But that's just good, good healthy living. Yeah. I don't know it's if it's conditioning. good living, but it's healthy living.
1: <laughs> it's conditioning for sure. Yeah. Like like when I was in the army, drill sergeants loved to say that shit. I'm 40 something years old. You gonna let me outrun you? Bitch, you've been, <laughs> you've been doing this shit for like fucking literally 20 years, nigga. If you're not good at it, then what the fuck else have you been doing? <laughs> then you wouldn't be a drill
0: sergeant, nigga. That's yeah, like, pretty much
1: conditioning, yo. When you've been doing something for that long, you know, say so. also uh, 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 medical science improves. So yes, because you he be getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. yo, we the, can keep you going a lot longer these days. Yeah, than, and I can imagine that, back um, in the day,
0: painkillers. Do, yeah.
1: do a ton. Mm-hmm. Do a ton. You feel me? Absolutely. But
0: yeah, that's what's up, man. Good old, good old Hong Kong flicks, man. Yeah, that shit was super fun.
1: That's dope.
0: Did you catch anything
1: else? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't watch anything else this weekend.
0: Okay. I I've been um I've been catching a little bit actually because uh I was busy for the past like week and a half, so caught up on a lot of viewing. Um I all finished right, out season right. two of uh Flatbush Misdemeanors, which I really enjoy that show a lot. It's very New York though. If you like New York culture or you're nostalgic for it, this is the show for you.
1: I mean it's if, right there in the name.
0: It's right there in the name. And let me tell you, it delivers on that aesthetic. You know what I mean? But it, if you find that culture obnoxious or not palatable, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Cause this shit is so New York, my G. Like, oh my goodness. It's 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 a little bit heartening and uh it reminds me of why I got the fuck out of there. Because man, the the culture out there is is so contradictory. It's very contradictory. You know what I mean? Like, I would say a lot more so than than um African American culture in cities outside of New York that I've experienced. Yo. New York is very contradictory. But, you know, the show is actually super um, well-written, in my opinion. Like, the jokes are very organic. The actors deliver them well. Like, you know, and I don't know, man. It's, I find it to be a very endearing show if the main aesthetic that they use hits with you. That's the thing is, though, it's like, oh, like New Yorkers, the aesthetic is very overbearing. It, it is the, the primary thing that will hit you in the face. The way the people talk, the how they interact with each other, the type of comedy that they use, is way different. And I guess I've become a little bit more sensitive to it because I've been ensconced in L.A. culture, you know what I mean? Very different. Very different. You know, And so, yeah. And it's hilarious when you think about how much of L.A. culture is influenced by New York transplants. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is, is, There's only two kinds of New Yorkers. New Yorkers who will never leave New York... And New Yorkers who will never move back to New York, you know what I mean. And so the New Yorkers you encounter outside of uh, uh, of the state are very different than the ones who are diehard, you know what I mean. And then you got the New Yorkers who won't leave the city, and then, then they're another breed, <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that uh, Flatbush misdemeanors has has been my uh, guilty pleasure pleasure in that regard. But um, I also uh, caught. Primal season two, nice. bro. I don't know, man. I know there's a ton of stuff to 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 consume, but when you get around to Primal, I think you will be highly entertained by the the arcs that it takes. Because, like, you got the first like couple episodes, which you're it's um it's kind of engaging your palate to show you what the show is about. But then the 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 subsequent episodes only escalate. And it's really good. And season two delivers, man. I'm only six episodes in out of, the think, the ten that they're going to release. But, man, season two is amazing, man. And let me tell you, uh, Fang and Spear are probably my favorite friend duo in TV cinema, hands down. The amount of of character growth between the two, um, with no words spoken between them, and the way that he that 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 gets gets you to believe that this dinosaur and this man are friends, it's <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's really really great, and I, I enjoy it so much. What it does too is that the way that it's written and exposited is one thing that I, of course you know I love to do is I love to guess the storyline as it's being you know explain, uh, displayed to me, and it leaves you all the room to do that. And still manages to, to come to interesting and creative conclusions that you'll still be like, wow, wow. And then, the, of course, there's the very brutal exposition that punctuates all of these like heartfelt friend moments. And you see all of this these, these bonding moments between this man and this dinosaur only to be uh, uh, faced with the brutality of their environment time and time again, relentlessly. And those scenes tend to run longer In the bonding scenes, so you might get a couple of different bonding scenes dotted throughout an episode, but when you get to the brutal scenes, they're long, (laughs) drawn out scenes that make you viscerally feel the panic that they end up going through. And yo, I mean, these guys, these two beings, go through such amazing physical like damage. Like I'm like, man, I can only like, it's it's a great watch. It's a great watch, and it it allows you to suspend the disbelief because you are watching a cartoon, of course. But at the same time um engage the characters very viscerally it's, it's good man enjoy it a lot <clears throat> but um in the beginning of the the season the season two kicks off with um them being separated uh because season and I'll, I'll give mild spoiler alerts but uh at the end of season one uh the slave that uh spear had encountered was recaptured by the people who had enslaved her and was and they got in a boat and we're going across the water. And that's where the uh that was the cliffhanger they left us on. And so you see Spear call out and then he starts freaking out. And so he builds a raft and just goes on the water. <laughs> and he gets Fang to come with him. And they're just sitting on the open water, like, and it it goes just as bad as you might think. You know what I mean? They start struggling for food and then the sun. And then, you know, the sun on the ocean is blazing, you know what yeah, I mean? No shade. And so yeah, and and so they they happen upon a sea turtle and uh, spear managed to wrestle it close to their boat. and Fang was like, that's all I needed. nigga." <laughs> and they fucking get a sea turtle and manage to make a little shelter on their boat. And so like like they manage this massive sea journey somehow, only to like crash land on the shore and they get separated. And Fang meets this other dinosaur that is actually mildly intelligent and starts picking up on some of her mannerisms and they bond and they go and then spear gets picked up by this nordic tribe that welcome them welcome him in and it's just the clash of their two worlds that that they started to grow and bond with and gosh the drama my nigga with no words it's amazing (laughs) because it's not just oh okay they meet back up and then they 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 leave their respective uh, uh, communities that they built and go back off to to hunt for Mira. No, it's an extreme drama because you know I mean here I'll give you a chance to watch it because it's so well done. Um, but yeah, there's a, that whole thing. He does one episode um, where he kind of flips the script on his typical um, uh, episode format and it flashes forward to 1890 and it's Charles Darwin talking to um <laughs> other uh English philosophers about his ideas about um the connections of man to his primordial self and that a man in a in 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 any given situation can call upon that primal instinct that existed in man back then and then in that episode like they're beset by this um by a felon who had escaped from the asylum and he starts killing everybody in the um, house and Darwin and and the guy who's pitching this idea to the benefactor get caught, and in the end, the benefactor like gets into a savage fight with him, and he's like, "See my point exactly." And I'm like, "Yo, that was dope. I, I kind of liked how you did that. It was atypical. wasn't what I expected, but yeah, the episode was. I mean, he's clearly very creative, and um, I highly recommend checking it out. Season two is definitely delivering. Um, I haven't seen the wrap up, but. No doubts that he's gonna stick the ending again. I hope that he. Well, <clears throat> my issue is, is that this is the HBO Max original. And this <laughs> oh. one hasn't been fucking. Oh, no. Out, uh, exactly. And so I haven't heard anyone pick this up. And see, this is what bothers the shit out of me, man. It's like high art like this. Like, okay, I don't mind that we are now in, in a consumer environment where people are just gonna make shit to, to be consumed. I get it. That's the environment. What I hate is that nobody's willing to be benefactors to the people who are willing to take the art. You know what I mean? Because that will get consumed too, especially in this environment. That that could be the kind of you know what I mean the the trend setting stuff that you then make the consumer, You know what I mean? That's how you 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 make waves for you to then feed off of with your with your cookie cutter art. But you know, no one will no one will con- you know put a little money into it to continue because.
1: I don't yeah. think that there's discipline. license. rights Just it, licensing rights just aren't set up to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it is it is specifically set up to do the exact opposite, opposite. of that, mm-hmm. to keep it centralized within you so that only you have the right to do anything with it going forward. And unfortunately studios are very cutthroat with that. They I know, will not let you do that shit. It's like at they're all. so
0: recalcitrant nope. to the artist actually Mm-mm. keeping and the artist is the one who the art the, the, that's the worst part is that the artists, the actual artists are the ones who are most grateful for having that platform. And so they tend end up being loyal, but they're the industry just will not take the risk with them because of the you know, the chance that they might, you know fuck off the money which tends to happen with
1: artists or time. it's not even that it's just that they don't want you to have the money they want the money yeah. you know it's like uh george lucas was like the last person to get his rights he fucked it up for everybody because mm-hmm. he sold star wars super duper cheap and he was like bruh just give me the license and distribution rights you can pretty much have everything else and then he pers- went on to sell billions of dollars worth of toys video games, mugs, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And merchandising, the rights are very, very lucrative, and corporations are very, very selfish.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, the artists, the, the ones who are trying to use um, mediums for art end up getting left out, you know? And and same thing with, like, Hideo Kojima and um, uh, Hideaki Anno. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the real artist, the people who are trying to use those mediums to really portray something unique an individual just kind of get end up left getting left out unless you get like a benefactor like i think kojima has a benefactor that helps keep his studio going and that's how he's able to maintain independence because games like death stranding they do well and they're good games but they don't sell widely you know like like a game of that production value typically does and so if you're going to be an artist which is funny because now we're back to the years of the 1600s. Where you need a benefactor, you know, and and I think that the 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 sooner that artists embrace that model and realize that their audience is their audience, but their customers are their that the the idea that you can create music for the audience and then sell your brand to a benefactor who has no interest in fucking with your brand, you know what I mean? Like, that business model, I think that in this capitalist environment could actually serve both sides. You know? If if people can manage to, to, to square the circle of creating those kind of social networks, I think that's the best way to do it. Unless you can get on like a Dreamville, you know what I mean? A collective of like-minded artists who will support each other no matter, you know what I mean? Um, no matter what, to make sure that the brand is a platform for everyone to get distribution. That's another model that works, too. And so, you know, th- there's not unworkable models um, in the presence of that, you know? So I-, I would like to see that happen as well because, man, Primal... I don't want to see Primal go away to the dodo because that, sh- that that show is just wildly entertaining, you know what I mean? If if you're into the, the art of it, you know? Because, uh, yeah. It- you-, you-, you have to there's moments you have to to think about what's going on in the interactions because there's as i said before no verbal interaction
1: it's all show though Mm -hmm. all show no tell
0: oh yeah and so yeah man definitely um i look forward to if you ever catch up on um on that you said you saw a few episodes in the
1: beginning yeah i've seen a few episodes of uh season one
0: yeah um it definitely picks up but uh i also caught um did you watch sandman on netflix
1: says sandman yeah
0: yeah we discussed did you see that. the 11th episode or the the hour-long two-part kind of thing that they put out Mm-mm. so they put out a hour-long um they called it episode 11 it was two 30-minute stories told it was one um uh, uh dream of a thousand cats mm-hmm. and then the other one was called calliope they were really good man Yo, Neil Gaiman is firing an all cylinders with this, and it's funny because I I started following him on Twitter and he talks about it, and you know even though it's been I think number one for the past two weeks, Netflix is still like I guess the show is extremely expensive to make, and so they're like we're gonna like have it, to do sure. we're gonna have to do a lot more, you know we're almost there but we're not there yet, like you know I, we hope we need more proliferation if we if we're gonna get a, another season from Netflix, and that's why it hasn't been greenlit yet, and I was like damn that's crazy, but I really, I'm rooting for them, you know? And um, so I caught this uh, 11th episode and it was really good. Um, it's pretty much, uh, the general premise is that uh, um, a, a Dream of a Thousand Cats is the story of a cat who, it's a, it starts off with a kitten who gets out of its house at night and it meets up with another alley cat and they're all going to listen to the story of this older cat that I think they call the witch. And so they get there and then this cat tells the story of her time with the humans and how she encountered um, Morpheus after a traumatic experience and what she learned and how she's trying to proselytize the cats to to get them to dream of, of of another world. It's dope man. It was really cool then and it, and it explores all kinds of different um um just social dynamics like, the way the way people interact with animals you know and what the the inner lives of animals could possibly be like it's it's really interesting um the the way that he imagines it you know what i mean so it's obviously wholly fictitious but it's in it's an interesting way of, of of imagining that world and then um um calliope oh man that was the story of a man who's an author who writes a really great piece of um literary work but isn't inspired to write anything else so he goes to speak to another author and he brings him something i forget what the uh, what it was but um it was an exchange for what for for information on how he can find inspiration in the world maybe something that can help him find a story that that he could uh he could um write about or, or revise and maybe find inspiration for his own story for and so uh what he finds out is that this man had uh trapped a muse and he had been pretty much uh ab- abusing her to get her blessings um because he found uh somehow he stumbled upon a way to to um enslave her by reading the the laws written on her scroll and so she couldn't help it you know she was forced to into his servitude and so he passed that that mastership on to him and it was about the story was pretty much about his relationship and how he used that power um for fame and the options that he had to do things differently and it was interesting man because i he did such a great job because this man was so starved for inspiration that he was literally living a story he could have told to great effect. And was so uninspired that he couldn't stop to say, oh, I could have just freed her and told the story that it, that 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 was just exposited to me. And it would have been a, a, a blockbuster story. And she would have inspired him to make it great if he would have just freed her. But, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling shit now, but... It's definitely worth watching. It's 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 very heartfelt, man. Gosh, man, I don't I don't. It's amazing how they managed to evoke such crazy emotions with these um with these stories. Um and man, you know not for nothing for for a pasty white dude I fuck with Sandman, man. Morpheus is a is, is a is upstanding. Uh, endless. I'll give it to him. Definitely dope. But yeah, dude, definitely um catch that uh if you enjoyed the the season, well worth um helping flesh out some of the lore because it definitely fills some stuff in too because um don't want to ruin it, but yeah, it, it, you you get tie-ins to things that were happening during the season. So it, it was very cool to um to see kind of the the in-between scenes. But yeah, I've been very very happy with with my viewing lately. Um I'm looking forward, I'm I'm patiently waiting for either a a quality digital release of Nope or for happenstance to to come by where me and Carolina can go watching in theaters. But I'm anxious to see Nope. I'm looking forward to that. But um, I haven't seen that yet. And of course, every week we talk about finally the digital release of uh, Love and Thunder because that is going to be a, that. I understand as I understand it, that has some pretty critical MCU lore. Um story points that i'm looking forward to, to getting filled in so yeah that's all i see uh coming out um that i'm looking forward to but yeah uh is there anything else that, that's on the radar
1: i haven't seen anything new recently yeah. the only thing i'm really looking forward to is that uh the remake of ogre battle that's coming out
0: yeah game wise that's gonna be dope i'm definitely looking forward to that and i'm interested to see um how they they localize it? Because I don't know if you remember how bad the original localization for the original Ogre Battle was, but it was it was not great. It was it was probably par for the course of the time, but that wasn't great. And so I'm looking forward to, um, to see what the the update to the dialogue is because I know that when they released uh, War of the Lions, the dialogue was so much better. The dialogue of War of the Lions was way better than the original. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics, so looking forward to to checking that out for sure. But yeah, let's go ahead and just jump up into some of these here topics. It's been an interesting week of um of entertainment news, and by interesting, I mean definitely not didn't have any of this on the uh 2022 bingo card, and that's for sure. So you hear um Minister Marion Hall is jumping back into the uh, dance hall scene, but not in the slackness way. No, not for nothing, yo. I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her. Did you hear any of the music she's put out? No, I haven't. It's not the worst music in the world because you know she's a performer, you know she's always known how to make music and so she just she's singing a gospel with a dance hall aesthetic and I'm not mad at that. people get and you know and you know in Jamaica they get mad because there was did you see the story about the um the pastor that 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 remixed the Bounty Killer song to, into a gospel song. <laughs> nah, that's yo, funny. the island was vexed with him, yo. Sacrilege, the man de Yo. yo. Hilarious. Needless to say, I don't know. I'm here for it. Like my thing is, is like there's nothing wrong with the dancehall aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's just all the gunting and the badness that my chop out. You can't really listen. There's a limit to how much you could talk about that, and there's a limit to how much you can say it's just a metaphor for music. You know what I mean? Especially when when the police then come and they 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 catch you with guns, you know what I mean? Like there's a limit to how much that 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 we could claim. You know, it's just music or blah blah blah. So. There's nothing wrong with keeping the good, the good uh, the good vibe, beats, and, and you know what I mean. The music video is not bad. It's not like on a, a gospel aesthetic. It's definitely she on a motorcycle riding on the bike. You know what I mean? Like she's not, <laughs> she's not on a, a, a super like higher than now um, feel in the videos. So hey, you know she just wants to sing about our God. I know nothing wrong with that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's literally the whole purpose of music.
0: Yeah, you know, so I'm not I'm not mad at it, you know. I think that a lot of people are more critical of maybe the transitioning back into music after being in the ministry. But I don't know, man. I I, I we can't expect to do the same things over and over and expect different results. And so she's trying to, to remix something, do something a little bit different. And so I'm down there. As long as the music is interesting and good, like, if you can dance to the music, Pretty that's much. all that matters. That's the only
1: thing I care about. Does it sound good to me? Yeah. Yes or no? That's it. At the end of the day, you know, it's a small island, so there are always going to be these hurdles. Whenever you try anything new, the people mm. are going to be recalcitrant to it's it. It's a very conservative island. So just island. do what you feel like you got to do. If this is the type of music you enjoy, you want to put out in the world, just do that. Yeah. People don't like it. They don't like it. You were ne- you're never going to please everyone anyway. Big facts.
0: Big facts. And so yeah man i I definitely support Marion hall back uh uh jumping back into the music scene I look forward to hearing more of her music because the the two tracks that I heard if if you just do those into a rotation, I would have to double take like what because it does sound like lady Saw. like her voice vocal quality has deteriorated nothing with age you know what I mean she still can can perform and sing well and so yeah man. I definitely thought that, but I definitely did not have that on my twenty twenty two bingo card. Marion Hall putting out a new a new uh, dancehall album with, with, with gospel lyrics. All right, all right. But um, there was that, and then also in the music industry, uh, did you see Capitol Records uh, signed its first AI rapper <laughs> with a whole yeah. social media presence and all, bro? This it's obviously purely. It's on some metaverse shit. Like, we're just going to do it. And if people bite, then that's their fault. Pretty type much it. You know, and... I personally can ignore that for the most part, and it would have no effect. But unfortunately, so many people have bought into playing the algorithm that game that that is the standard. And I'm pretty sure that uh, an AI rapper can game the algorithm better than anybody else. And if gaming the algorithm isn't about getting like return listens, but just getting the most ears and spins on a given data file, it's going to validate itself. And that's the part that 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 sucks is that we exist in an environment where it's like, Oh, well, you know, nobody will listen to it. And it's like, it's not about nobody listening to it consistently. It's about being you know, it'll be able to perpetuate itself people listening getting enough people to listen to it once because that's the way that the metrics work you know what i mean and i don't want to i just don't want to see that in the environment only because it's an environment where a lot of you know it influences a lot of children and 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 i don't think that that's going to be healthy a healthy environment for children who want to make music and to be consuming ai generated music and thinking that that's the way that 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 they should be expressing themselves. I don't know if the express, because music, I think, fundamentally is always expressing something of the artist, whether it's fictional or not. And so we should be mindful about that because children don't consume music the same way that we do. You know, they internalize things a lot more passively. And so, yeah, I just personally don't like to see that shit. And it's the kind of thing that it'll perpetuate itself without a whole bunch of adults listening to it. And all it does is it validates itself in a way. It permeates the environment and becomes available to children. And that's ugh. that that that's I don't think uh, a healthy thing. Um, that's for sure because it's bad enough some of the shit that 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 real life humans decide to say on the track. I I, I am I am terrified of what an AI rapper is going to come with. We've seen what the what the uh, what the chatbots come up with. <laughs> immediately become racist so and and so of course if you uh from what i from the reporting uh in the article i read he says nigga and it, it, his his vernacular is definitely one that uh would be questionable if you knew who uh, were the people programming this thing and so yeah dude i was like oh man an ai rapper they'll never stop blowing the bar. They won't stop until we tell them to. They'll just keep doing random shit like this.
1: Really, you just got to prepare yourself, bro. We're literally just stepping foot into the AI dimension. And you're already tired of it, bro? No, 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 it's not that I'm tired of it. it. You're already worried about uh, the the negative aspects of what is to come.
0: Well, it's because these are are being uh, deployed in the aspects of the algorithm-based social media environment that we already know what the effects are yeah, right, you, I, yeah I hear you the, and
1: i understand yeah, you yeah. but i'm just saying like prepare for it because this is literally oh, yeah. like the dawn of ai technology so you know what i'm saying yeah. it, it there's it's not it's going to be a very long time mm-hmm. before we're going to see less of stuff like that they're going to try to ai everything
0: yeah and i think that and, and i and there's a huge disparity between what the public understands of AI and what this is. Nobody in the AI field believes that this is actually an intelligent program. This is an extremely dynamic program that is based around human language. Yeah, I mean, it's not AI. Though. It
1: doesn't need to be but, intelligent if it accomplishes mm-hmm. the purpose that you created it. Oh for. no,
0: I understand that. But calling it AI, people are going to interact with it like AI, and so it's going to create a very interesting, I think, social dynamic. I'm not saying whether it's going to be good or bad. I just don't. I just don't know how prepared the general public is for it because oh, they're just not. immediately they're really out.
1: They're going to be way behind the times, like they yeah. are with most technology that comes out. You know what I mean? There's still people. There's still people uh, uh, right now that are still aren't up to date with. There's still people right now who run your computer without AdBlock. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so
0: can you imagine if your AdBlock was smart and was like calling out to you and talking to you? Or not your ad block, but the adverts that were that that were uh, being uh, blocked by ad block. If you took down your ad block and those ads were just like, hey, hey, Rico. Oh, man, it's good to see you, bro. Hey, man, um, I've been meaning to talk to you. Like, what the... F- I, man, the environment is getting more and more intrusive.
1: Yep. And that's what's coming on. And their but ability I, to I don't create even open convincing. articles on my phone because... Most oh, yeah. people don't know how to design phone websites. You open an article to look at. Uh, you open uh, a, a link to look at an article, and it's instantly some giant shit that pops up in front of your screen, blocking mm-hmm. the entire article, directing you to do something, some form of call of action that you were not at all interested in because you didn't come here for any of that shit. I didn't uh, leave, leave my cookie shit alone. Don't ask me no questions. I'm not about to sign up. None of that. Just give me the fucking article. If you're not gonna give me the article, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to peace out anyway. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do any of those other things that you asked me to do because I didn't come here to do any of that. But, yeah. you know, that's just. Media intelligence is the name of the game important. with uh, advertising. It's, it's really about the numbers game for them. You know what I mean? They don't really care how much it annoys you. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and th- their, their metrics have always lacked a, sus- a substantive regard for what kind of engagement they're getting. 100%. You know, they don't care what kind of engagement it is all engagement's good engagement mm-hmm. which i disagree with <laughs> but um yeah dude i this whole ai rapper thing and it's 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 extremely dismissive of the artists in that genre you know you don't see them doing this to country which is almost as popular Not as, as hip hop well you don't you think they're going to do that
1: uh if this is interested. successful in whatever it is that they're trying to do there is i don't see any reason why they wouldn't roll it out to other available platforms as well
0: okay because i don't think it, i don't think i think that the way that they roll it out it doesn't have a huge chance of failure because they're marketing to children and be children that don't play. you know what i mean I so think it's going to succeed successful here yeah, yeah, that's what i
1: absolutely see it elsewhere
0: okay so I, I think that that's a pretty high chance then then we'll see it come to other genres so i I'm interested to see uh, uh, if that prognostication comes true because, you know, they've set up a game to to win that they that they already know they're gonna win. The validation's gonna happen. It's so easy for them to generate clicks. They've mastered that, and if the validation that they need is just that vapid engagement, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And so, yeah, dude. I don't know. I. I I just make sure, as a parent, that I teach my child to be mindful of the media they consume, because it all will influence them in some type of way. If they don't pay attention to it, you know what I mean. That's the thing about human psychology. If you don't pay attention to it, you can you can influence by anything. As soon as you notice it, you're completely impervious to it. It's one, you know. And so it's just about you know giving him that idea that just pay attention. Can't tell you what to consume, what not to consume. All I can tell you is is. Make sure you're paying attention to what you are consuming, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, a lot of passive consumption out there. And that is the kind of stuff that leads, you know, uh, record labels to think that an AI rapper is the way to go because, it, you know, it'll always be validated by passive
1: consumption, you know. You know, with I no
0: mean,
1: children, come on! Why would you not do that? If you can create artists that won't complain, that will do everything that you want them to do, that will always be on time, they'll look like and whatever that will you want, they'll pump out the minute. same amount of money, and you never have to worry about them meeting the deadline for their albums. You never have to worry about negotiating their deal. You're literally talking about the ideal musical artist right now. So for yeah, them, if if, them, if, yeah. if that's successful, absolutely expect to see it everywhere. That's yeah. literally the dream artists that every well that every corporate label wants
0: the way i would i'm going to personally combat that is like i want to try to connect to artists directly you know what i mean like i love that like kendrick lamar you know he uses interscope for distribution but his distribution deal is heavily in his favor you know what i mean like you wanna try your best to patronize your art the artist directly as much as humanly possible. If your artist, you know, sells merch through Cash App, do that. Don't buy it through whatever uh distribution method comes from like the labels. Because we we gotta do whatever we can to empower the artists. That's that's all we really can do. You know, because it's ultimately their decision. And uh if they feel if if they feel if the um record label feels like they don't need the artist and that we're just going to patronize you know the label directly and whatever that they're putting out they're going to they're going to take advantage of it and they're going to leverage that that uh that that power that they have that buying power and so if you if you like an artist you appreciate an artist try to patronize them as directly as you can because these record labels are absolutely going to strong arm the artists for every little bit that they can. You know? And this is, and having an AI labor force is just another way to do that. It's just another way to do that. If they can service 30% of their market with that AI bot, they sure as hell will. And then they'll just they'll intensify the labor of of, of the artists that are serving that other 60, uh 70%. And you know what I mean? And we don't want to. Um, Validate a business model like that It's going to be abusive to the artists And If it wasn't for the fact That artists make a lot of their best Art under stressful Situations I would say It would be terrible for the art But unfortunately Human creativity is one of those things that You really can't extinguish it You can only like put pressure on it And it'll start making more and more And more and more art you know what I mean and so, you know, we'll never lose that. But I don't want to lose the artist's ability to support themselves while creating their art. And that's what this does. That's what automation always does in this capitalist environment, at least. You know what I mean? And that's what an AI rapper technically is going to be doing It's just A- automating the job of artists. And we never want, I personally never want to move towards that without empowering the artists to, to continue to do what they're doing. The human artists, that is. You know, but yeah, that was uh the, the interesting entertainment news of the week. And now it just gets kind of weird, you know, cause we have uh, a thousand schools in America pilot bathroom monitoring programs. It's not creepy at all. No, not in the least. Like we got to know how long you're shitting and we, we definitely need to know how long you're peeing because that's vital information for the running of a school and the social cohesion. Right. Right. That's. Don't we all want to have our bathroom breaks monitored? It's, it's, it's utterly those absurd. How many schools
1: are in the South? Ask the question.
0: I don't know. You think it's the South? I thought it would be the ultra liberals who are like looking
1: nah. for tech solutions for the everything. The South have always been obsessed with bathrooms, bro. That's, that's, that's true. That's, that's their whole that's bag. That's true. The, the, the South has been, been more preoccupied bathroom with Bathroom watching for fucking years. That's been their shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Probably in the South.
0: God. And 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 that's the degenerate state of the uh, of American society is that I honestly didn't know which side was dumb enough to put something like this, and it's so crazy it, it, so in American culture the idea of privacy, public or 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 private in your personal life, personal privacy or public privacy, that doesn't exist on any level anymore, right? None of that exists. Like you have no personal privacy because all of the devices that we most intimately interface with to you to connect to the world monitored in the public monitored in the bathroom you say you know what i mean like so this society is working its place itself to a, a place where the generation born in 2024 will know n- not at all what privacy is they'll never know what privacy is it's not a thing at all is that a crazy assumption because i know that it, i've been projecting a lot into the future. i mean it's but.
1: possible but it it, it, it it takes a lot of consecutive downward spirals to get there but you know but no what privacy do we know right now as
0: adults outside of what we used to know as privacy
1: oh as far as like what you create for yourself yeah yeah i agree yeah. with you on that point and definitely like where our privacies are being taken away and most people choose to give up that privacy that's yeah. the important part to not forget mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you can separate yourself from the monitoring agencies to a degree. Yeah.
0: Yes, because you, you can always, and that's something that I personally choose to do. Is like I withhold a lot of communications from social media or or myself. Not phone. even always
1: that. You ain't got to bring your phone everywhere. Exactly. You know, it's, you it's don't always got to bring your phone with you everywhere all the time. Like if you if if I know if I'm going somewhere and I know I'm not going to need my phone, I, I don't bring that shit.
0: Yeah, you know, and and that's because you acknowledge it as a monitoring device, and moreover, it's something that can get lost or stolen. It's just, it's unnecessary to carry around unless you need it, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it, I don't think a lot of people have a healthy relationship to it like that, you know? And so it's only, it, it, and, you know, it's only a, a matter of generations before people are raising in an environment where they're just not taught that anymore. Like, I don't know how much... Like Kendrick will always have privacy in his home because I will teach him like, yo, your room is your room. You know what I mean? Like you learn to knock on doors and people will respect your privacy in the same way type of thing. I will teach him that here. But outside of this environment, you know what I mean? Exactly what you said, what you build for yourself. There's no personal or, or public privacy. You know what I mean? Like your personal privacy does not extend beyond these doors. You know what I mean? Like some, there used to be an idea that within your own community, there's a certain amount of personal privacy that you can still maintain, like within your vehicle and so forth. Nah, none of that exists no more. I
1: mean, has that ever existed for Black people? Depending on where we were.
0: Oh yeah, no, never for us. Okay, okay. I'm just talking about American society. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because you know, I, I don't, I never take for granted that we are the minority. You know what I mean? Most of America does get to experience that. We don't. You know what I mean? And so I wanted. Organ, you know the fact that uh, the rest of America is is coming closer to our experience, and they're not like stopping to say, "Wait a second! Wait a second! I never said I wanted to trade places with them." Is wild to me because that they've lost all of that. Because you're absolutely right. That kind of privacy never. It should make
1: sense, though. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, humans have a very hard time being ever vigilant, and that's why Mm -hmm. I always say vigilance is its own reward. Because the the thing is people's people don't they're they're not really paying attention and they're not really holding on to the things that are are are, are that are slowly leaving us little by little they're being devalued to, so much to the point that it's just disappearing from our our zeitgeist essentially
0: yeah i think that what's the, the loss of the rights is so passive that Humans are extremely vigilant to things they can see. Yep. They are not vigilant to things they can imagine. And that's the problem. And the worst part is is that they can be made to be vigilant to things they can imagine, but it's usually never in a healthy way. You know what I mean? No one ever makes the... Yeah, vigil- it's usually a
1: manipulation tactic. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And and so what i realize is like, man, it's just too slow of a burn for the average person to be able... And I think that that's because... You know, our society has done a very great job of keeping people in stress positions. That's that's a byproduct of humans in stress positions, because it's not impossible for people to see this. Tons of people do see it. The the problem is is that it to be able to do that would require that you have long periods of unstressed, you know, thinking, and our society will not provide that to you. They'll take your leisure time and make it stressful.
1: And the society is designed even so much so that even if you can't see it, it's not necessarily anything you can do about it. Which is even more stressful.
0: Yep, the people most likely to see it are the people with the least power to do anything about it. And the people who, people who are empowered to do anything about it, are benefiting too much from it to do anything about it. That's a hell of a system they got set up there, man. You know, it's funny because I was having a conversation with my brother, and you know, he's like, you know. You're you're willing to 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 pull the nuclear option, and I'm like, it's not that I'm willing to pull the nuclear option, but you have to recognize when whatever is opposing you has has decided to take has willingly decided to take all of those other options off, has decided to obfuscate every other option but the nuclear option, because they're under the assumption that you won't do it. You know what I mean? And that's that's the part where. Where I'm like, okay, in, in that situation, I I will choose something. You can't, you can't remove all options from someone. And so if the only option you've left is the nuclear one, then am I the one who chose that? Or did you choose to lo- only leave the... You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what the society has done, is that it's decided to remove all other amenable options off the table by making them feckless and able to do anything and saying... What are you gonna do now? Because there is always revolution. You know what I mean. That that's you. You just can't take that off the table. All you can do is push. The can kick that can down the road. But there's also other options other than revolution that that a, a government could uh, uh, encourage a citizenry to take. You know that they could uh, allow progress to happen. You know what I mean. But. Yeah, that's an idyllic environment if I've ever
1: heard one. Feel me? What could have, should have? Go with the choices they made, not with the choices they could have made. Facts, big facts. And so, yeah, that leads us into. Um, so,
0: uh, do you follow LA politics? I do not. Okay, because we have the a uh, the LA mayoral race going on, and uh, man, as much as I, I like Karen Bass as a person, actually, but as a politician. I, she makes me struggle so much because she is a very, very entrenched neoliberal Democrat. And so she, while she isn't as bad as the Republicans, she is still way too pro-cop, rape, way too pro-incarceration, way too pro-foreign money in, in in municipal politics for me to be okay with. you know. And so we have her who is heavy on the gentrification. This is what I mean by um, foreign money and and municipal politics, by the way. Karen base very much supports the gentrification of places like South Central. You know? And while absolutely there are things that need to be done in South Central that can help the area, I don't think the answer is to sell the properties to foreign uh, investors who will become slumlords until the people leave, then tear it down and build it up at a price point that nobody in that neighborhood could afford. That's not the answer. You know what I mean? And and, and it's an extremely dismissive one. It's an extremely politically savvy one. And it's one that absolutely hurts more black people than anything. Because the fact of the matter is, is that she doesn't actually push this plan in Hispanic neighborhoods. And that's the part that upsets me. She's taking one of the most historically black neighborhoods, Baldwin Hills, and attempting to further, you know, uh, push black people out of the one area in which they've been able to accumulate some community um, um, solidarity. And so, yeah, you know, you have Karen base on one end, and then on the other hand, you have Rick Caruso, who wants to triple. The, so Karen base wants to double down on cops. Rick Caruso wants to triple down on cops. Rick Caruso, want, he doesn't even want to gentrify the area. He wants to just run everybody out of the area. He wants to jack up uh, uh, the property prices um, by selling off all of the, the um, commercial enterprises that, uh, that are in the area. foreign investment and so it's just like dude this is crazy like we have two people running for mayor whose plan for this city is to exacerbate in different individual problems that the city already has and it's like wait a second is no one running on a platform of actually dealing with things like homelessness or dealing with the, the the massive issues of of water usage that we have in this city because of the disproportionate allocation to certain areas. I mean, it's 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 wild. It's wild. I just you know, I talk about how bad the federal government is at times with its with its politics in the um on the legislative level. But on the municipal level in LA, man, there really isn't a very clear dichotomy between these two candidates outside of the identities. You have a black woman and a white man. And honestly, You're going to get a lot of the same from both of them, which is a cry and shame because, you know, I keep on talking about it. But are we in this uni party system? Like, can we really consider at least uh, and I'm just using this as a microcosm, I'm not extrapolating to the whole country, but like even in an election like this. Is that a substantive difference? Like, that's just two sides of the same coin.
1: You know, like it's more like different flavors of ice cream curry.
0: I and, and and that's the sad part is that they've literally reduced our 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 human organization to what flavor of ice cream you like.
1: That, oh, that ice is just cream. about out
0: substantive.
1: It's all just fucking sugary bullshit that's not good for you. It's just that what flavor do you prefer? Some people like chocolate, some people are vanilla, some people are Neapolitan. You know? Those, those are weirdos. You know. Don't yeah. Don't trust the Neapolitan people.
0: That's a <sighs> And, it, and 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 you know it's funny because ever since I was young my dad used to always he used to describe politics and life as a game and it always rubbed me the wrong way and in and, and very early in my early 20s i i would retort to him and be like listen you can encounter it as a game i refuse to encounter life and these things as a game it's 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 not working well enough to make those kind of allegories and i think that we've poison society by, by misusing language to pacify people's understanding of what's going on we can analogize it all we want it's not a game people die on the back of this shit you know what I mean and it sucks that that uh outside of of the, the constituency I don't think that the politicians take poli- their, their role in, in the political system as a life or death game I don't think that they interface with it like that.
1: What do you mean, bro? The 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 role of modern-day politicians is to enrich themselves at the people who got them into their seats. Yeah, and 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 that's the, the
0: weird part is that it's so blatantly obvious. They're not hiding it. Like not even a little bit,
1: dude. Cuz they don't need to. There are no re- regulations what they're doing is not illegal, so there's no need for them to hide it. That's one thing I've learned about America with 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 uh, minimum wage. Like, yo, if I'm not legally obligated to pay you a living wage, bet you can work four fucking jobs for all I care. I don't give a shit. You come here, you work for six dollars an hour. If you take it or leave it, I don't give a fuck how many kids you got, how many other jobs that you got to work to make ends meet. None of that shit means nothing and, to me.
0: And 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 these 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 CEOs have been quoted. Um, saying, well, these are entry-level jobs for, like, high school students fully well-knowing the demographics of their workforce, fully well-knowing that high school students are a large portion, I wouldn't say they're a small portion, nowhere near the out-of-high school uh, 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 and and demographic that is on their second, third job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the I mean, fact that they just... The smell they of money makes that, people
1: go crazy. It,
0: it, it is... The smell of money is blinding. It's synesthetic that way. You mm-hmm. smell that shit, you become blind to everyone else's life like I don't I don't see shit. You you in pain? I can't hear nothing.
1: I don't remember what I was watching, but they were like, yo, people die for a thousand. People kill motherfuckers for a thousand dollars. What you think they're going to do with hundreds of wow, thousands of millions yo. of dollars
0: on the line, bro? And that's the wild part. That's the wild what part. What do you
1: think they're going to do with that much more money on the line? you think that one or two people who they will never meet if they disappear from the face of the earth, you think that's going to bother them? The state
0: of this society is getting an interesting... But yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll wrap up with a little bit of a war report. It's been a little while since I've uh, talked about what's going on out east in, uh, uh, in Ukraine. And so I thought that this was super interesting because it looks like NATO is looking to investigate investigate Ukraine for potential war crimes. Because evidently they've been intentionally setting up military establishments inside of hospitals and residential areas. And that's why Russia's been attacking them. And so, I don't know. Because Russia has a direct line with NATO, they have the ability to make that accusation a lot faster than Ukraine. And so, I don't know if they're trying to get ahead of their own personal war crimes and accuse Ukraine of doing that. But I personally don't put it past Ukraine mainly because of the way they've mobilized their citizenry into the war you see what i'm saying for them it's not a matter of oh well it's a strategic thing it's like no these people are part of the war effort each and every one of them probably got a pistol ready to kill a russian you know what i mean like and i and i'm being hyperbolic to some degree but also a huge amount of these ukrainian citizenry is part of this war they have actively engaged the the russian forces You know what i mean and so ukraine is wilding right now bro ukraine they're making attacks inside of russian crimea they're making attacks all across the russian border there's been so much espionage happening on that border there's just random russian um military installments blowing up and russia's like malfunctions don't worry about it and ukraine's like nah bitch we blew that shit up don't worry about it don't worry about it we'll take the credit yo this shit is crazy Matter of fact, it's been getting really um, kind of problematic. And, and, and you're getting a lot of European leaders now who are speaking out like, yo, 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 yo. Russia took a nuclear, a new Ukrainian nuclear power plant, the largest one in Europe, took that bitch. And so Ukraine's response is to shell it. And so Europe's like, yo, can we call a ceasefire around the nuclear power plant that could blow us all to shit? And I'm just like, yo, wow, yo, that is out of control that Ukraine is doing that. Ukraine is risking nuclear explosion at this point. Like, that, I think, is a little bit beyond the pale. And they still expect support when they do things like that. And I'm just, I don't know, man. It's like when you see the homie in a fist fight and he pulls out the pistol and you're like, bro, don't escalate like that, dude. Don't do that. Don't do that. I would have jumped in, help you blow the heady, whatever. You know what I mean? We could fist fight it, but don't don't pull the pistol. Don't escalate like that. Ukraine shelling a fucking active uh, 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 nuclear site that's under just because it's under the uh, Russian occupation i i don't know if that's the stand-up way to handle that i don't i don't know if that's how you go about it. especially when you have successfully sabotaged uh, uh russian installments across the, the the border i think you should be able to pull it off to get your nuclear power plant without shelling it you know what i mean like i but i don't know what the end game of that is you know what i mean because that kind of artillery ballistic i mean today it's probably pinpoint accurate i don't know they probably know exactly where them shits are going but i would be worried I was just lobbing ordinance around a nuclear plant just for the the, you know what I mean the sheer danger of it but I don't know man Ukraine Ukraine ain't backing down Russia ain't backing down we ain't gonna stop arming them I don't know man this is I guess it's always it's always bad taste to prognosticate about war because of of how many lives are at stake but it looks bad to me. It doesn't look good because too many people are profiting. All of this is happening, and there's a large amount of people making money right now. Guap. Guap that 9000 on that bitch. And so I think that they're going to—we're going to have a hard time seeing the end of this. I think the Ukrainian people need to come to an understanding that if they— are allowing they allow themselves to be whipped into nationalistic fervor um and semi rightfully so because of the state of the attack on them then they'll lose the they'll they'll lose the chance to connect to the russian people who are the only other uh demographic who are probably you know they're anti-war Uh, This war, and so they're likely to petition or try to uh, put political pressure in whatever way they can to just excise Russia from this situation. You know what I mean? I don't see very many other entities in this world when I talk about demographics that have any kind of political sway in the environment in this war that would have an interest to do so. Everyone else is making money. That's the problem. And so, you know, that's, that's the reason why people call for abolition of certain industries and why, in general, a lot of people end up being anti-capitalists. Because you can't organize things this way to, to benefit people to do the worst things. And you can't make it impossible to organize in any other way other than the, the way in which we've identified is toxic. You know what I mean? Like once it, that's stonewalling, and that's not a healthy relationship, no matter what it's with. No matter any relationship you're in, as soon as stonewalling enters the, the equation, might as well chalk that one up. It's a done deal. You know, you're not it's 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 called an impasse for a reason. But alrighty, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. We'll go ahead and wrap up on that. If you did, please feel free to subscribe to us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Karee underscore T and at Home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast,
1: and you can find me on Instagram at Rico
0: Gvo. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us, and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.